1: Grand slam. This is magnificent. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasy baseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam. John means meh.
0: Welcome into Fantasy Baseball today on Wednesday, August 18th. Frank Stanfield joined by the infamous Scotty Dubs. Scott White. What is up, Scotty? I missed infamous. you. Infamous, famous. Infamous is I, I never know. Do you go with infamous or famous? Because you are kind of famous.
2: Well, I don't know. Am I good <laughs> or bad? I'd be infamous. I, I, you know, do do I do I bring joy to people or do I bring suffering?
0: Is infamous a negative connotation at all
2: times? I think it can be used kind of sarcastically, like you know. <laughs> The way you used it, I've heard used before. Now, not you don't mean in it's literal meaning. Oh, this yeah. is a bad thing I'm introducing, but, you know, he's just kind of... He has a certain attitude, maybe, that makes you uh, want to call him infamous. I don't know that I have that attitude, necessarily. Uh, well, let's but, just go with famous. That's fine. The famous Whatever. Scotty I'm not Dubs. famous either.
0: You're famous compared to me. I'm just a guy. <laughs> You're a guy. I missed you, Scott. We didn't talk for a whole day. How you doing? <laughs>
2: I mean, you. Pro- I probably talk to you more than anyone else on Earth. I, I had this thought a couple <laughs> weeks ago, actually. Like, because you know, how 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 often do you really like converse with your spouse or your very young children? I mean,
0: I don't have any of those. They're so.
2: around. <laughs> you exchange words with them, but have prolonged conversations? Not often enough, I'd say. Yeah. But probably often enough with you.
0: Yeah, no, that's you're definitely up there for me too. It's like I'm not looking, I'm not talking to anyone face to face very often. I've got too many group chats. The texting is going off all day long. Anyway, today on the podcast, <laughs> we've got we a lot of times we do the drop o meter. Let's do the add o meter. I've got a lot of questionable players right now that I need to figure out where are we adding these guys for the stretch run. And speaking of which. Rest of season scheduling. I know some people have asked about this. Who has the best remaining schedules? Who has the worst remaining schedules? How many games do the Rockies have left in Coors Field? We'll talk about that. Wednesday recap and much more. But first, it appears the magic has run out for our guy, John Means. I don't think that he means business anymore. He was at Tampa Bay on Tuesday, four innings pitched, eight hits, seven runs. Four of those were earned, two more home runs allowed. He did have seven strikeouts to just zero walks, So you like to see that 11 swinging strikes on 92 pitches. I had people in the, in the Twitter mentions saying the sticky stuff. He doesn't have the sticky stuff anymore. He can't pitch the spin rates look fine. They're down a little bit, but it's nothing compared to what we were seeing from Garrett Cole and Corbin Burns a couple of months ago. So I don't really think that's it. Scott, what do you think is going on with John means? How worried are you? Can we drop him? I think those are all questions we have to answer.
2: Yeah, so I I first want to point out that I don't think John Means has changed over the course of this season. I think the issue here is our failure, and maybe in particular my failure, maybe this is what makes me infamous, my (laughs) failure to set realistic expectations for John Means because, you know, he threw that no-hitter early on, was having was having some early success and I hyped him a lot leading into the season and was enjoying the attention it gave me. Uh, you know, I, it's hard for anybody to separate what you think will happen from what you want to happen. You know, especially when what you want to happen is happening and what you think will happen isn't happening, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think I'm, Pretty good at it generally, but I'm flesh and blood. And, you know, I saw this crazy high fly ball rate for John Means, much higher, or let me put let me put it differently. Not so much fly ball rate because fly ball's line drives, that get sticky, but crazy low ground ball rate. Let's put it that way. Crazy low ground ball rate for John Means. What would be the lowest ground ball rate in all of baseball if he had enough starts to qualify? I saw that. I noticed it. I didn't like it. I noticed its impact on his ex-fip. Ex-fip was well over four, even when he was pitching well earlier this season. Um, but I hoped he would be an exception to the rule. I hoped he would be one of those exceptions that maybe his fly balls would be so hit, hit so softly that it actually ends up being a good thing that so many balls are put in the air against him as opposed to the negative thing it, it typically is. Uh, but since coming back from the IL, John Means has allowed nine home runs and six starts. He was rolling in this start. I, you know, through in, into the fourth inning, I saw he had a bunch of strikeouts. He hadn't allowed a run yet. And I'm like, oh, thank goodness. I recommended people start John Means for these two starts this week. But then it all fell apart because he allowed five of the six runs and not all of them weren't by the way, but five of the six runs he allowed came on two home runs. Yeah, I, I I don't think he's changed. I think on days when he can keep those fly balls from leaving the yard, he's still going to be pretty useful, but it's going to be hard to predict when that is. The, the fly ball rate is caught up to him. And I, I, I should also point out the ground ball rate, it's only like 30% this year. That's how low it is. It was like 43% last year. So it, this wasn't an issue that came up last year. Uh, but you know, overall John means is still throwing much harder than he did early in his career. He still has a better swinging strike rate than he did early in his career. He's still one of the best strike throwers in all of baseball, really good at avoiding walks. And so that's going to lead to, uh, in the long run, I think a good whip, but yeah, those home runs are an issue. Those home runs are an issue. So I've moved him outside of my top 60 starting pitchers. Now for uh, me, that's not quite to the point where I drop them. But I can see why others might. I mean, it's not so far uh, above that droppable threshold that I I think it's crazy to drop him or anything like that.
0: Yeah, you mentioned how many home runs he's given up since he's returned from the IL, those six starts. A 6.10 ERA, that's after his start on Tuesday. The swinging strike rate is down around three percentage points. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Scott. Like, there was always going to be regression. He had a 2.28 ERA before he went on the IL, that came with a 4.04 x-fit. So, given as many as many fly balls as he gives up and pitching in Camden Yards especially in the American League East, I mean there was going to be natural regression there uh, all along. So regarding yeah. John Means, I mean
2: that's the worst place for a fly ball pitcher to pitch. Exactly. There's basically every division is ev- hitters parks versus hitters parks uh four of the six divisions of baseball more or less even out. The AL West is particularly pitcher friendly, and the AL East is particularly hitter friendly. So, yeah, not a not a good division for John Means to 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 maximize his potential.
0: Would you drop John Means? You mentioned outside your top sixty, he doesn't. He's not a must-drop player. But if someone like Josiah Gray or Tristan McKenzie were available, would you drop Means for either or or both of those? McKenzie or who was the other one? Josiah Gray.
2: So I have him ahead of both of those two. Okay. I have Means ahead still. But again, it's not unthinkable to drop him for either. I think Josiah Gray would be the one I'd more in, be more interested in between him and McKenzie. Uh, but me personally, I'd probably stick with Means just a little bit longer.
0: Well, would you drop John Means for your Oh My Goodness Gracious Player of the Night?
1: Oh my goodness, goodness gracious!
0: Who is that player? That player's Logan Webb. And Logan
2: Webb, I was also very fond of prior to this season, though I came around more in spring training when there was a lot of hype building about around his changeup. The changeup hasn't been the difference maker for him. But he's been awesome nonetheless. He's been awesome nonetheless. Uh, another great start for him. Uh, this one was against the Mets. Seven and a third innings, two earned runs allowed, eight strikeouts. He is now allowed two earned runs or fewer in all eight of his starts since returning from the IL. His ERA is now below three. Uh, his XFIP, as I've pointed out for him recently, is just above three. It would be a top five XFIP if he had enough innings to qualify. Logan Webb, he's he's become Fromber Valdez-like in that he's an extreme ground ball pitcher who nonetheless strikes out more than a batter per inning. You don't find that combination very often. Except unlike Framber Valdez, he doesn't have these glaring control issues. So I am very high on Logan Webb now. I've moved him into my top 50 at starting pitcher ahead of some names that might surprise you. If he's still available in your league, go get him and uh, plan on starting him most every time out. Okay, so here here we go. i moved Logan Webb ahead of Carlos Carrasco, Hyunjin Ryu, Kenta Maeda, Kyle Gibson, Zach Gallen, Sonny Gray. I want Logan Webb more than all of them. So pick him up if he's still available.
0: The only name that... Well, two names stood out to me there. Hyunjin Ryu, I kind of get it because he's been bad for now. Really, like... We're going on two months now where he's been not great. But Kenta Maeda's been pretty damn good since he's returned from... The IL and again, that's been kind of I've probably close to a two month span now too. So my eight is one that stands out there. But uh, I mean, yeah. you, you laid it out. Logan Webb, he does everything that we want about a strikeout per inning, good control, a ton of ground uh, ground balls. And when we talk about comparing him to Framber Valdez, think about Framber Valdez from last year, the good Fran Valdez.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, I Framber Valdez is still universally rostered or sure. close to it. So I I don't know that his. I don't know that his star has fallen that much, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I'm getting at is what was good about Fromber Valdez is also good for Webb, but with the addition of maybe we won't see the control come back to bite him the way we have with Fromber Valdez recently.
0: And Webb is 86% rostered. So this would have to be pretty shallow leagues, but you know, if you play in a 10 teamer and you still have John means it's a move that you can look to make. I'm going to, just marry all of these starting pitchers together. Because I had some shallow league starting pitchers I wanted to mention, along with Logan Webb. And I wanted to include Vladimir Gutierrez, who was up against the Cubs. Six and a third, nine hits, two runs, seven strikeouts on Tuesday. He has five straight quality starts. And that includes a 2.02 ERA. His ground balls have been on the rise. So we were worried about Gutierrez because he gives up a lot of fly balls in Great American Ballpark. That is a recipe for disaster, but... Uh ground ball rate or higher in four of his last five starts. So that is encouraging when it comes to Gutierrez. And then Wascari Noah made his return to the mound. He was at the Marlins, five and a third shutout, three hits, one walk, only four strikeouts back to his old ways, really just fastball and slider. They accounted for 94% of his pitches. I was surprised to see that he's already rostered in 74% of CBS leagues. So, uh, How would you? Who do you like more between Gutierrez and Enoa Scott? Would you drop John Means for either of those? Oh, definitely Noah. I wanted, I
2: probably want to drop Means for him, but I I think they're basically in the same range. Yeah, I was very encouraged by Noah's return here. Granted, it came at the Marlins, so you know, obviously not the toughest test, but it's important to remember this was a nobody coming into the season. This was not really a, a prospect. On, on any real level, um didn't have much going for him, looking at the minor league track record. So it was shocking and suspicious how well he was performing earlier this season. I don't mean suspicious in the way he was doing something like he was doing something wrong or something. just suspicious in that it doesn't seem likely he could keep this up. So for him to be to disappear for three months, right? It was about three months. And then come back doing basically the same thing, throwing that slider fifty percent of the time, and nobody can seem to square it up. Very encouraging. Gives gives me a lot of hope that he can hope that, that he can maybe sustain something close to what he was doing before he got hurt in the first place. So uh, you know, is pretty close to Mustad at this point, I would say. I still have a lot of concerns about Gutierrez. I mean, I pointed out I pointed out that uh for, for John Means, the fly ball issue, the XFIP, what it suggested. And the reason I cite XFIP so often is because eventually, for all but a few exceptions, eventually, it has it has its say. And we're seeing it for John Means now. Uh, Vladimir Gutierrez's XFIP is 524. That's about as bad as it gets. Um, so... Yeah, you know, I liked him as a sleeper pitcher this week because he's on this quality start streak and had two great matchups. And look, he came through for the first one, so that's great. But even if, you know, the ground ball rate's been slightly better lately in four of five starts, I, I just, I don't find that particularly compelling yet. So overall, I'm not that motivated to pick up Vladimir Gutierrez.
0: All right, so we're ranking him: Logan Webb, Wascarinoa and then Vladimir Gutierrez. And the only one a we're dropping, third. We're only, yeah. the only one we would drop four is Logan Webb. We would drop John Means four. Mm -hmm. All right. Before we hit the news notes, fantasy football today draft prepping for charity month supporting St. Jude is underway throughout the month. The FFT crew will have various eBay auctions supporting St. Jude culminating in the six hour draft a thon event on September 1st. Up for bid are pre-draft calls with fantasy experts, a spot in an, Expert Fantasy League, a custom design fantasy football team logo, and more. One of those I saw is Drink a Beer with Heath Cummings on Zoom. That that sounds pretty fun. (laughs) So you can go and you can uh, bid for that on our eBay page. Go to cbssports.com slash eBay to donate. Again, that is cbssports.com slash eBay. And also, we are still accepting your team names despite no Tuesday podcast. Again, we do apologize. We will have team name Thursday. It eh, doesn't have the same ring to it, team name Thursday, team name Tuesday, but some kind of alliteration there, not really. But we will have your team names on tomorrow's podcast, so continue to send those in. News and notes from Tuesday. Scary scene in, in Chicago as Chris Bassett got hit in the face with a line drive, 100 mile per hour exit velocity on that line drive. Manager Bob Melvin said Bassett received stitches for a cut below his right eye and is undergoing a scan for fractures, he was conscious, so really good to hear there regarding Chris Bassett, who has just had a fantastic season, so thoughts and prayers with Chris Bassett. George Springer finally lands on the IL with that knee sprain. He was batting three eighteen with 11 home runs and an eleven thirty three OPS in the second half with the Blue Jays. Any interest in Corey Dickerson in the short term while uh, Springer's out?
2: Very low interest level. Have to be a deep roto league, I think.
0: Yeah, I don't blame you. That I, I don't think he plays against left-handed pitching either. It's just it's expo- yeah. exposure to a really good lineup. But again, it's it's Corey Dickerson. So, and I saw.
2: Let me see. Let me double check this. I, I saw somebody mention it here in the the comments on YouTube for our live stream that Kevin Smith is being called up. Uh, I'll double, I'll, I'll look into that. I shouldn't have just rely on something a commenter says. So I'm sure <laughs> it's a very smart commenter. That's probably just a bad policy. <laughs> uh, just go with whatever they say. So I'll, I'll check that while you move on to the next thing.
0: We had a few superstar updates or players that should be superstars this season. <clears throat> Some of them a little questionable. Mike Trout took part in pregame work on Tuesday. It's the first time that Trout has been spotted doing on field activities in about a month. Joe Madden had this to say. When he does go through these kinds of movements, you have to wait until the next day to find out how he feels, and then you plan your next step. So we'll see how Mike Trout is feeling tomorrow. Mookie Betts is on track to resume baseball activities on Thursday. Shane Bieber tossed another bullpen session on Tuesday, about 25 pitches. It's the second bullpen session that he has thrown since landing on the IL back in mid-June. Continues to only throw fastballs to this point, so... Maybe we see him mid-September, last couple of starts, but we're going up against time here, Shane Bieber, if, if you want to help us out down the stretch. You Darvish has resumed playing catch. He went on the IL uh, this past weekend. Francisco Gullendor faced live pitching on Tuesday against Noah Syndergaard, actually. More on that in just a second. Chris Bryant was scratched Tuesday with mild hamstring tightness. Dylan Carlson went to the IL with a sprained right wrist. Our guy... Lars Newtbar was in right field on Tuesday. Scott, any interest in the Neutbar? Uh, No.
2: No, not really. <laughs> We've seen him get a chance already for the Cardinals. Uh, I am kind of interested in Kevin Smith here. So I've confirmed, yes, it's being reported that he's being called up by the Blue Jays. Now, he's more of an infielder, but obviously they have some versatility in their infield. And Kevin Smith himself has made a couple appearances in the outfield. Um. He's having a huge year at AAA. 286 batting average, 19 home runs, 16 stolen bases in 82 games, a 947 OPS. The strikeout rate isn't alarming. And uh, he's walked a lot too. So uh, a 25-year-old who doesn't really show up high on prospect rankings, but this is the second time in three seasons. Four-year span, obviously, because there wasn't a season last year that he's put up huge numbers like this, particularly the power-speed combo. And uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how much playing time he gets because, you know, Marcus Sim- Marcus Simeon is a free agent this offseason. It seems like if, if the Blue Jays let him go, Kevin Smith could factor into the picture next year if he makes a strong impression down the stretch. I'm interested in him. Not saying you need to pick him up in 12-team leagues, but put Kevin Smith on the scout team.
0: He's 1% rostered. I guess, like AL only, maybe in some deeper dynasty or keeper leagues, you can kind of take a speculative stab at Kevin Smith of the Blue Jays. And bring. you mentioned that. It reminded me that yesterday, Jose Barrero got called up for the Cincinnati Reds in a corresponding move with Jesse Winker going on the IL. Obviously, that's very unfortunate because Winker's been awesome this season. Jose Barrero is somebody who's played shortstop, a little bit of third base in the minors as well. And he was crushing it between double A and triple A has some Mm. power, has some speed. And he hit a home run in the futures game too, which these are just the best prospects going up against each other game was in Coors field. So obviously it's great park to hit him, but it was a mammoth home run. So he's another name. Just pay attention. I, I don't know how he figures in. I I don't think he's going to play well, for the Reds, but... Yeah, the plan isn't for him to start right now, though. Okay. I mean, he's
2: he's a higher-end prospect than than Kevin Smith is. He's yeah. Jose Barrero. If you're not familiar, he used to go by Jose Garcia, which I just realized that was the same guy a couple weeks ago, which is an embarrassing admission, but nonetheless. It's like, who's this Jose Barrero guy? Where'd he come from? And what happened to that Jose Garcia guy? Anyway, he's he's obviously the red shortstop of the future. Great defender. His bats really come around this year. And, uh, you know, Kyle Farmer's going to slow down eventually. And if Barrero heats up at the same time, certainly seems
0: like that switch could happen. Don't be talking bad about my guy, Kyle Farmer, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) I picked him up in a lot of places. Uh, Jose Barrero, just to put some numbers there for you. 303 batting average, 17 home runs, 15 steals, a 910 OPS between AA and AAA this season. So remember the name, Jose Barrero. Clayton Kershaw played catch on Monday and will continue to do so for a few days to see how his injured forearm responds. His situation is still up in the air. He might not return until mid September. And even when he does, it might be as a reliever. Yasmani Grandal's rehab has been moved to AAA. He's rostered for those of you in shallower one-catcher leagues. Austin Gomber was placed on the paternity list, which means he won't start on Wednesday against the Padres. He'll likely start later this week against the Diamondbacks, which is a better matchup, so that works out. Trevor Rogers was transferred from the bereavement list to the restricted list on Tuesday. He's been away from the team for two weeks while dealing with an undisclosed private matter. Wishing the best for Trevor Rogers and his family. Obviously, we don't really know what's going on, but... It's pretty severe. Luis Severino is still waiting on a second opinion on his right shoulder, but will not throw for the remainder of this week. Speaking of the Yankees, both them and the Red Sox sent down Luis Heal and Tanner Houck, who made starts during the doubleheader on Tuesday. And Heal, he was solid. He wasn't as good as he has been, but four and two-thirds shutout, four strikeouts. He starts his major league career, 15 and two-thirds scoreless innings uh, to this point. Scott, are you holding on to either of these guys? I, I don't know why the Red Sox don't just keep Hauk in the rotation. They move Richards to the bullpen. It seemed uh-huh. like it made sense. So are you holding on to either Hauk or Heal?
2: More likely Hauk, though I'd like to see him pitch deeper into games. I think I think there's more reason to be optimistic about Hauk. And I, I think essentially the rotation spot is his. That was the point of moving Richards to the bullpen. They're just taking advantage of, um, you know, it's a little... It's a little uh, roster rigmarole going on there, sending him down, calling him back up, taking advantage of off days, players going on and off the I.L. I think that's what's happening with Hauk. And if 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 I could trust him to go five innings more consistently, I'd, I'd, he'd be pretty close to a must-add for me. He'll, you know, it's nice that he still hasn't given up an earn run. We did see the control issues finally pop up in his third major league start here the ones that have afflicted him throughout his minor league career and especially this year so uh you know and with Jordan Montgomery and Garrett Cole being back you know it helps that Luis Severino suffered a setback i, I doubt this is the last start we've seen from Luis heal but there are there's uh there's more more uh, more pitchers to overcome for him than there are for hawk
0: I believe that's the second time in the past week that you've used the word rigmarole.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I like the alliteration there, roster rigmarole. I think that's going to (laughs) be a phrase I use a lot going forward, so I hope you like it.
0: I I like it. Every time you say it, it reminds me of Rick Roll. So the famous (laughs) Rick Astley, never going to give you up. Uh Uh, Yeah, so (laughs) keep using it, and then I'll just sing that song in my head. Uh, Manager AJ Hinn said he's very optimistic Akil Badu will return from the seven-day concussion aisle. Sometime this week, the Tigers are targeting their August 27th through August 29th home series against the Blue Jays for Matthew Boyd's return from the IL. The Blue Jays seem like a perfect matchup for Matthew Boyd to return to. Ryan Mountcastle was activated off the IL Tuesday, was hitting cleanup for the Orioles. He is 78% rostered for those in shallower leagues. Joe Ross won't pitch again this season, but will not require Tommy John surgery. And Noah Syndergaard faced... Hitters in a live batting practice session on Tuesday. Lindor was one of those. The Mets have already stated he'll return as a reliever at some point this season. We're going to take a quick break when we return the addometer next on Fantasy Baseball Today. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo, it's about the home. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Let's fire it up. Time for the add-o-meter. A lot of times we're talking about the drop-o-meter. Let's let's stay positive. Let's talk about players that we want to add. We'll give you number, 1 to 10. 10, obviously a must-add. 1, we're not adding this guy anywhere. And uh, along with that, Scott, why don't you tell us the depth of the league that you would add any of these players in, if if you want to add them. Frank Schwindel does it again. Two for four with a double and an RBI. He's now betting 320 with a 973 OPS in 24 games this season. He's 15% rostered. The Adometer.
2: Well, I did include him in the latest edition of Waiver Wire yes. for the Monday edition. Uh, so it's it's not zero. I would put it maybe at a 4. Okay. Not really a 12-team league ad yet, I would say. More of a, you know, deeper than 12 teams. But I'm pretty interested here. High fly ball rate, fairly low strikeout rate, and a guy whose minor league track record is very strong. Now, I mean, he's 29 years old, so you would expect a guy in his late 20s who's still... Playing in the minors to put up big numbers in the minors, I guess. But there've been a couple springs, a couple spring trainings in the past where Frank Schwindel, you know, kind of kind of lit it up, kind of lit it up. So I'm, it's nice to see him get this chance, and it's nice to see him make good on it. I'm not confident it'll last that long, but I think there's enough of a possibility that you know I, I wouldn't mind picking him up if I had a roster spot to play with.
0: Yeah, I don't think we're there twelve team standard leagues yet, but. If you play, even in a 12-team Roto League, if you need a corner infielder or a utility bat, I could see maybe adding Schwindel there because usually the was, uh, the, the waiver wire there is a little bit more scarce. So he's hot right now. Uh, I think probably deeper than 12-teamers, but maybe some Roto Leagues if you do need some, some pop in the lineup. Daniel Lynch up against the Houston Astros. Debated making this guy my oh-my-goodness-gracious player because... It's pretty yeah. damn good start. Seven innings pitched, one run, three walks, five strikeouts, 11 swinging strikes on 98 pitches. The swinging strikes don't blow you away, but the Houston Astros are a team that really does not swing and miss all that much. Uh, five starts since returning from the IL for Daniel Lynch. 2.38 ERA, only 24 strikeouts, over 30 and two-thirds innings pitched. A swinging strike rate over 12%. He's 22% rostered. It looks like he might have two starts next week. He's, they're going with a six-man rotation, but the Royals do have seven games next week, so that would be at Houston and at Seattle. The add meter for Daniel Lynch.
2: Yeah, that's probably more like a seven. He's looked a lot better since coming up from the minor. Some inconsistent control, and I'd like to see him put the ball on the ground more, but Kansas City's a good place for a fly ball pitcher, so, uh, so maybe that'll work out for him. Obviously, the stuff is played better. You mentioned the swinging strike rate, and uh, it's pretty high in prospect to begin with. So, uh, with four of his five starts since returning being pretty darn good, I'd say he's he's up there with like Tukey Toussaint and maybe even a little higher, maybe as high as Tristan McKenzie as far as my interest in adding him.
0: Nice. Yeah. So, if you need pitching help, he's widely available. Only 22% rostered is Daniel Lynch. How about Tyler Anderson at the Texas Rangers? Six innings, one run, zero walks, four strikeouts on Tuesday, 13 swinging strikes on 83 pitches in this start. In four starts with the Mariners, Tyler Anderson has a 2.97 ERA. But three of those four starts have come against the Texas Rangers. You can't make this stuff up, man. Just start all your pitchers against the Texas Rangers. (laughs) He's 38% rostered. And it looks like he's going to face the Royals next week, which is actually a pretty good matchup as well. So the add meter on Tyler Anderson.
2: Yeah, uh, maybe only like a three. All of his starts since joining the Mariners have been good. This is the first that's actually been a quality start. And, you know, other than preventing runs, I don't feel like he's done anything particularly well. So, you know, he's not going to be able to face the Rangers every time out. I yeah. would uh I, I don't mind him as a matchups play next week against the Royals. That's fine, but I would not put a lot of faith in Tyler Anderson rest of season.
0: Did I just give you one of your sleeper pitchers for later in the week? Maybe. Mm. Maybe. All right. That'll work. Let's talk about Joe uh Josh Rojas, who has recently returned for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Three more hits, went three for four on Tuesday. And since returning, he is just absolutely lighting it up. It looks like he has 13 hits in 25 at bat. So, yeah, it's, that's a pretty good ratio here. He is 52% rostered. Josh Rojas, the add meter
2: I will put him at about a 6 it's one of those where like any league that uses roto lineups where you have 14 total hitters to start, he probably needs to be rostered. Any league that uses a head-to-head lineup where you only start nine hitters, it's not a definite no, but probably getting squeezed. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he's about who he's, about what his season line looks like. So not as good as he's shown since coming back from the IL. He's been very hot, as you point out. But um, good enough that he's startable at any of the three positions where he's eligible.
0: Yeah, second base, outfield, shortstop eligibility for Josh Rojas. He's fifty-two percent rostered. Seven games next week, going up against the Pirates and the Phillies. That'll work. That's that's not bad there. So uh, I agree, mostly in categories leagues. But and if you're if you're hurting in a points league and you just need a streamer with a good amount of games and some solid matchups. Josh Rojas is a name there. Evan Longoria went three for three with his 10th home run. We know the stat cast numbers. We've referenced them for a lot of the season, though he's missed a lot of the season with injury. Uh, they're very good for Evan Longoria. He's 36% rostered. The add Evan Longoria.
2: I'll go seven with him. I think as we saw with Joey Vado, uh, there there are some underlying changes that have led to him having such impressive stack-cast numbers, and I'm hopeful, as with Votto, that the production follows. And, and you know, the production hasn't been bad, as it is. Uh, it's just he's missed a huge chunk of the season. So he started three games of four since returning. The Giants have a lot of usable infielders, so that's something that concerns me. I'm not nearly as interested in Longoria if he's not going to be an everyday player, but presuming he is. I think he needs to be rostered in a lot more leagues than he is.
0: He has started three of four games since returning from the IL, so that's That's what I just said, Frank. Oh man, you're you're so busy looking it up. You turned off your ears. No, I was actually pulling up third base roster percentages to see if there's (laughs) anybody we could drop for Evan Longoria. You know, I would have said Matt Chapman, but again, this guy's. all of a sudden, he's hot. So mm-hmm. every time we bash this guy, he just he goes off. Eugenio Suarez is 79% rostered. That guy can go. You could drop him for Evan Longoria. Yep. Brian Hayes, 75% rostered. What do you think? I wouldn't mind it. What about Mike Is He's
2: 71%. Yeah, I think I'd rather have Longoria.
0: Mm, Isaiah kiner Falefa, 70%. Give me a Longoria. All right, so Longoria, someone that you can look to add. We've got a few more names here. Ronaldo Lopez, they laughed at me, Scott. They, I don't know who they are, but someone in your <laughs> Dynasty League laughed at me. The when voice I, is in your head. When I spent $7 on Ronaldo Lopez, but he was very good against the Oakland A's. Five shutout, one hit, two walks, four strikeouts, only seven swinging strikes on only 66 pitches, so that's actually a pretty good ratio. He's just fastball and slider now, Ronaldo Lopez. He's ditched Ditched a change-up, two-pitch pitcher. Probably going to work out more as a reliever uh, in the long term. But three earned runs allowed, over 25 innings pitched. It's pretty good, Scott. He's 14% rostered. The add meter anywhere for Ronaldo Lopez.
2: All right, I'm trying to keep my calibration straight here. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to say five. Mm. So that's more addable than Frank Schwindel. But less than Josh Rojas. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. I don't have a lot of faith in Ronaldo Lopez sustaining this as a starter. I mean, generally, two pitch, two pitches isn't isn't gonna fly in that scenario. Uh, compa- as compared to his 108 ERA, he has a 372 xFIP. hasn't been a huge bat misser. Generally, puts the ball in the air, so you could see things going wrong for him pretty quickly, but you know, I don't mind taking a shot on him if you need a spark, if he's going to get multiple turns in the rotation. Let's see, whose who's spot did he take? How did he wind up in the rotation here? Carlos Jordan. Oh, yeah, so he probably won't. All right,
0: I'm lower on my score. Let's <laughs> 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 lower it to three. Sorry about that. Oh, you made me feel so good about uh, my Ronaldo yeah, Lopez. Well. If he remains in the rotation for next week, it looks like he is scheduled to face the Chicago Cubs at home. So that is a good matchup for those of you in deeper leagues. And yeah, I just, I've been intrigued by what the White Sox have been able to do with these reclamation projects the past couple of years. I mean, they got Carlos Rodon back on track. Lucas Giolito, uh, obviously, Dylan Cease. I mean, Cease was young, so I mean probably just work some things out on his own. But man, Ronaldo Lopez. I'm intrigued. 3 atometer. That's fine for now. Eli Morgan, he was at the Minnesota Twins, 6 shutout with 8 strikeouts, he had 10 swinging strikes on 90 pitches. He had has a quality start in 3 of his last 4 starts. The only one where he didn't was obviously the one where I started him in one of my 15 team leagues. So, thank you. Eli Morgan or Elijah Morgan on CBS. He is 5% rostered. He's got atometer, anything
2: Eh, two. Two. Yeah. He's had two big strikeout games recently, but not with a lot of swinging strikes. Too many fly balls. Way too many fly balls. And don't have a lot of faith in our guy, Eli Morgan.
0: This one is from Monday. Anything to see with Steven Brault. Five and two-thirds shutout against the Dodgers. He had four strikeouts in that game. In three starts since returning from the IL, he's got a 1.84 ERA, 0.89 whip. That comes with a 4.10 xFIP and a 6.57 expected ERA, mm-hmm. according to Statcast. Five percent rostered is Steven Brault, the Addometer.
2: Uh, he was decent last year in 11 appearances, 10 starts. He had a 3.38 ERA, eight strikeouts per nine innings, uh, and I believe, yeah, a high ground ball rate. So home, home run prevention had a lot to do with it. Uh, this was an interesting start, for sure. Only his third start. All of them have been good. This was the first start where he showed bat-missing ability. I'd be willing to go as high as three on Stephen Brawl. <laughs> Probably thought I was going to say a higher number than that. But I—I I, there may be something here. I just don't know that it's worthy of a roster spot yet.
0: Yeah. I would... I would take him over Ronaldo Lopez. I mean, as much as I've talked up Ronaldo Lopez, Brault, we know, is going to re- remain in the rotation for the Pirates for the rest of the season. We can't say that for sure when it comes to Ronaldo Lopez. Uh, all right, last one here. Would you drop Casey Mize for any of these? Uh, Casey Mize, four innings, two runs, four strikeouts on Tuesday. He has gone less than five innings pitched in seven of his last eight starts. And we've said you could drop him before, He's but he's still 79% rostered, is Casey Mize. So uh, would you drop him for... Daniel Lynch, Tyler Anderson. Yes.
2: I would drop him for Daniel Lynch. I would drop him for Josh Rojas, Evan Longoria. Okay. Uh, are those the three, the main three? I think uh, so. You know, if it's depending on the circumstances, if 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 uh, you know, it's a shallow enough league that Mize is just taking up space on your bench, and you want to take a flyer on. Ronaldo Lopez or Frank Schwindel. I don't think it's the craziest thing in the world. But I would definitely, just in terms of pure rankings, put Daniel Lynch, Josh Rojas, and Evan Lagoria, all three of those, ahead of Casey Mice.
0: And you, I assume you would drop him for Tristan McKenzie? Yes. And Elieza Hernandez? Yes. And Tuki Toussaint? Yes. And... Oh, oh,
2: by the way, you know, we didn't do a podcast Monday night. He was pretty good. Uh, yeah, he was he was it was what his second best start, I think.
0: Yeah, I think it was the Marlins there. Six and a third, two runs, seven strikeouts. Yeah for two so key. nice little start there for the Atlanta Braves. All right, rest of the season scheduling. I'm not sure how much this stuff actually matters, but that's why we have you here, Scott. The famous Scott, not infamous. After this week, the Rockies have twenty-one home games remaining to go along with twenty-one road games remaining. Their last full week uh, in Coors Field is uh, definitely not week 21 because I'm pretty sure this is week 21 right now. But it's the it week is. of September 21st through the 26th. So that's I think it's like the second to last week of the season. That's the last full week of uh, Coors Field action. They will go up against the Dodgers and the Giants. So if you want to keep that in mind, I know some people have tweeted at me, oh, the Rockies don't have that many home games left. Well, they have just about as many home games as they do road games, so it's it's pretty even uh, at this point. According to Tankathon, the five teams with the easiest remaining strength of schedule, and this is a little wonky because it just uses winning percentage, opponent winning percentage, so do with that what you will, but these are the teams with the five best schedules. The Phillies, the Reds, the Astros, the Blue Jays, and Cleveland. So if you're looking to add any of those... Uh, hitters or pitchers could make sense. And then the five teams with the toughest remaining schedules are the Padres. The Padres, by the way, oh my, they're in like free fall right now. What is going on with them? Padres, A's, Tigers, Orioles, and the Diamondbacks. Those are the toughest remaining schedules. And if you're just looking for volume, there are only five teams that have 45 games left. Every other team has between 41 and 44. So it's not a huge advantage, but I know for points leagues, I usually like to chase volume. The Blue Jays, Cleveland, the Royals, the Cardinals, and the Orioles. All five of those teams have the most remaining games in baseball. Scott, everything that I just said doesn't it matter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a little early for me to look into it, to okay. be honest.
0: Um, but it doesn't hurt to know it. Yeah, so <laughs> go back, <laughs> rewind about a minute, and write down all those teams with the best and the worst schedules uh, if if we're looking forward to playoff schedules here. And I'm sure we'll do more about that in, in the next coming weeks. Swinging strike delight. These three starting pitchers had a good amount of those on Tuesday. Jordan Montgomery made his return against the Red Sox. Four and two thirds, three runs, six strikeouts. He had 17 swinging strikes on 78 pitches against a really good Boston Red Sox lineup. Scott, it's, it, it, it's always been so weird for me that Jordan Montgomery gets all these swinging strikes, but for some reason he just hasn't been that great. He's he's mad. He's mediocre. He's you know, right around a four ERA, maybe a little bit below that, but he gets a lot of whiffs. Does this matter in the start against the Red Sox? Does it matter that he got a lot of whiffs? Yeah.
2: Uh no, I mean, because as you said, his his season long rate is good and his career rate is good. And uh it's nice that he came back from his absence for COVID and, and did typical Jordan Montgomery things, you know, obviously this was a tough matchup against the Red Sox and he didn't embarrass himself in it. I never have a problem starting Jordan Montgomery, you know, it's, yeah, he's not, he's not like a, a stud or anything, but he genuinely, he, he generally doesn't hurt you. And sometimes he does really well. So I think that's that's where I put him. He's kind of in that, I guess, like Tyler Malley class. You know, I'd probably put him a little behind Malley, but that's in terms of how startable he is. That's, that's how I think of Jordan Montgomery.
0: 75% rostered is Jordan Montgomery. He is scheduled to face the Oakland A's next week. And how good are they against lefties? They are 17th and weighted on base average. So it's a nice park to pitch in. Uh, It's an okay matchup for Jordan Montgomery. The other two names, Sandy Alcantara. He was up against the Atlanta Braves. Five innings, one run, one walk, seven strikeouts with a season-high 22 swinging strikes on 105 pitches for Sandy Alcantara. This is the guy that we need down the stretch. Oh, boy. His last two starts, 15 innings, one run, 14 strikeouts to just three walks, and his slider usage, I noticed, is up over 33%. In each of the last two starts, his slider usage for the season is 21%. So he is relying on that pitch more, and it has done wonders for Sandy Alcantara.
2: Sandy Alcantara is like a pitcher after my own heart, I feel like, (laughs) because the swinging strike rate is high. uh, Higher than you'd expect, actually, given the strikeout rate. The ground ball rate is high. And he goes deep into games... With great consistency. <laughs> so the three things I'm always harping on, he he checks those boxes. Uh, of the 56 earned runs he's allowed this season, 18 have come in two starts. So yeah, I'm not going to be able to do the math quick enough, but take those two starts out of the equation, uh, one of which was at Coors Field and one of which was at the Dodgers.
0: I was just about to say one was in Coors Field.
2: Yep. Yeah, and... Sandy Alcantara's numbers probably look pretty amazing. He's he's as close as you can get to being a fantasy ace without quite being a fantasy ace.
0: Yeah. I think he's ranked inside of our each of our top 20 starting pitchers, and he deserves to be there. There was a lull there where the swinging strikes were down a little bit, but he has gotten back on track, leaning on that slider. Marcus Stroman, he was at the Giants, seven innings, three runs, nine strikeouts, 16 swinging strikes on 114 pitches for Marcus Stroman in this start. He lowers his ERA on the season to 2.84. Everything lines up. 3.54 FIP, 3.60 XFIP. It, it's been a really, really good season for Marcus Stroman. Still gets a good amount of ground balls. Not a lot of strikeouts, but he's it's like a borderline workhorse. I would consider Marcus Stroman. So he's had a very fine season. He's, yeah, he's been good. I'm kicking myself because I was calling him Alcantara
2: again. Like, it's a pitcher after my own heart and I can't even say his name right.
0: Alcantara. It's
2: Alcantara.
0: Yeah, it's, I always get it mixed up because there, there have been other players that have gone by Alcantara and then Sandy goes by Al, Alcantara. So it's, <laughs> it's tough, man, sometimes, but you're right. You are right. Some signs of life from these hitters. Giancarlo Stanton hit his 19th home run over his last seven games. He's batting 292 with two dingers, so nice to see you there. Christian Yelich has eight hits over his last five games. Baby steps, baby. Baby steps for Christian Yelich. And then two angels in the outfield. Brandon Marsh has multiple hits in four of his last six games. He's only 21% rostered. I don't think we need to make any moves here, but definitely a name to watch, Brandon Marsh. Only has five games next week. And then Joe Adele's first homer of the season is a go-ahead grand slam off of Gregory Soto in the ninth inning. He's batting 231, 29% strikeout rate. It's not egregious. It's obviously much better than what it was last year. Uh, but he also has a 50% ground ball rate. So anything to see here, Scott, with Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh or just just watch him for now?
2: Well, definitely just watch Just watch. Just watch Marsh. uh, Because he's been pretty awful overall. Yeah. I Yeah, I've been mostly encouraged by what I've seen from Adele since he got called up. The strikeout rate is high, but it's basically right in line with what he was doing at AAA. And obviously, he was able to work with it down there. I I think the fear was more that it would get worse at the majors. And so far, it hasn't. Not enough games to really tell where it's going to go from here. But... uh. I think it's too early to give up on Joe Adele in a five-outfielder league.
0: Some Tuesday leftovers. Luke Voigt has three home runs in nine games since coming off of the IL. He also has 14 strikeouts during that span. Uh, Once Anthony Rizzo returns, we do have a potential logjam here. They could go with Luke Voigt at DH, Stanton, Judge, and Gallo in the outfield. Stanton has been playing more recently in the outfield. Scott, do you think that's what happens? The Yankees like to manage these guys a lot. Yeah, I don't
2: think it's going to be an everyday alignment, no matter what it is. I'm hopeful that Judge is in center field more often than not, which allows all four of those big boppers into the lineup. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm not confident that's how it's going to play out. I'm just hopeful.
0: Yeah, if, if I had to make a guess, I would say if they're playing six games in a week, Stanton might sit one out and Luke Voigt might play three or four of the games. And again, this is once Anthony Rizzo is back, so we'll see what happens. But it's a good problem to have for the New York Yankees. Kyle Hendricks was at the Reds' bounce-back performance, six innings, one run, only three strikeouts. He had a 53% ground ball rate in this start, which you like to see that has been an issue for him this season. Nick Castellanos went one for four with his 21st home run. In 24 games since the start of July, Castellanos is batting... 214 with five home runs and a 30% strikeout rate. He had an IL stint in there with a wrist injury, so it might be lingering for Nick Castellanos. I'm not overly worried, but that's probably why. Randy Rosarena went four for five with a double and two runs scored off of our good friend John Means. Nelson Cruz, he went boom, boom, double Mm dong. Now up to 26 home runs. Cruz, since coming over to Tampa Bay, Scott, he's batting 195, uh in 20 games with them his strikeout rate is right around 30%. That was 18% with the Minnesota Twins, but I think regardless you you got to leave Nelson Cruz in there because because of games like this.
2: Yeah, I did it in two leagues, in oh. two of in two of my shallowest leagues, only start nine hitters. Yeah. I I bumped them for to to stick somebody else in the utility spot. So kind of regretting that now, but <laughs> Maybe you should have just stuck with him.
0: Austin Riley went two for four with his 26th home run. He's batting 294 with a 903 OPS overall. Just a fantastic season for Austin Riley. Much like Teoscar Hernandez, who hit his 21st home run in the second half, he's batting 360 with 10 homers. His fly ball rate has gone from 31% in the first half to 42% in the second half. So putting the ball in the air has definitely benefited Teoscar Hernandez. It has not benefited Alec Manoa at least in this start, it didn't. At the Washington Nationals, three innings, six hits, seven runs. Six of those were earned. He only had two strikeouts. The slider velocity was down 2.4 miles per hour in this start, Mm -hmm. so something to pay attention to. And and fastball was down 1.6, I think. Yeah.
2: And the whiffs were way down. Similar to Patrick Sandoval in his most recent outing, and in each case, it's just one start, so, Mm -hmm. you know, they could bounce back and look totally normal next time out. But something to keep an eye on now that we're in late August. You know, the innings may be catching up to these younger guys.
0: Uh, Corbin Burns at the Cardinals. Six shutout with only three strikeouts. The ERA is down to 2.13. He has 175 strikeouts in 127 innings pitched. Corbin Burns is awesome. Adam Wainwright delivered another quality start. He now has 16 quality starts on the season. He's tied for fifth in all of baseball. Jose Abreu went one for four with his 25th home run. He's batting .317 with seven home runs in August. Bryce Harper hit his 22nd home run. His OPS is nearing 1,200 in the second half of the season. And then the Padres hit three home runs in a four-batter stretch, which included Fernando Tatis hit his 34th home run. Jake Cronenworth hit an inside-the-park home run. He's now up to 18. He's been great, by the way. Like we barely talked about yeah. him because he's just he's just going along doing his thing. Jake Cronenworth, three point two fantasy points per game, is tied for six, both at first base and second base this season. He's the 60th overall player in Roto. Jake Cronenworth is so.
2: I just I just thought of this, but he kind of feels like the new Ben Zobrist, right? Where he sneakily delivers a lot of fantasy points at a variety of positions. Yeah. I'm going to go with that comp.
0: Yeah. Ben Zobrist. And that's no slight, because Ben Zobrist had some really awesome seasons uh, back in his heyday. And then the other home run was Tommy Pham, who hit his 13th. It was a 486-foot home run in Coors Field. Uh, We obviously didn't have a uh, podcast yesterday, but I did want to mention a few Monday standouts. Garrett Cole made his return against the Angels, five and two-thirds. One run, nine strikeouts. Velocity was fine. Spin rates were fine. He had 16 swinging strikes. So... Status quo there for Garrett Cole. A double dong for Brandon Lau, who's now up to 28 home runs and an 835 OPS. Chris Bryant also had a double dong. He's up to 21 homers. He was out on Tuesday with a hamstring injury. We had a sock and a shoe for each of Bradley Zimmer and Luis Robert. It was really Luis Robert's breakout game since he's returned. But I've brought up Bradley Zimmer a few times, Scott. Anything yet? Any interest? Nope. 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 All right. Not going to happen. Bradley Zimmer, it was his fifth home run and his ninth steal of the season. And then Joey Votto, shout out to the guy, he joined Johnny Bench as the only two Reds players in their history to have 2,000 hits and 300 home runs. The call to the pen, some bullpen updates from Tuesday. The Yankees, Jonathan Loizaga, had a two-inning save in game one of their doubleheader. It was his fifth save of the season. Chad Green, Got the save in game two. He also got the save on Monday. So he has two of their last three saves. I'm telling you, every game that the Yankees win, there is a save opportunity. It's it feels like this has been the case for the past two weeks. It's every day. It's it's a different guy getting a save. But Chapman should be back soon. Uh, if he's not, Chad Green looks like the guy for now. For the Braves, Will Smith got his up. Oh, no, Scott. I'm not sure about that, but
2: it's probably irrelevant. Like Chapman could literally be back any day.
0: Right. Uh, for the Braves, Will Smith got his 26th save. For the Tigers, I mentioned Gregory Soto entered the ninth with the game tied. He gave up six runs, including that grand slam to Joe Adele. For the Royals, Jake Brent got his second save. He is a left-handed reliever. Scott Barlow was used in back-to-back games before Tuesday. As usual, the Royals. Kind of a mess with their bullpen and, and their closer usage. For the Mariners, this was kind of interesting. Diego Castillo was using the eighth inning to face eight, nine, and one in the lineup for the Rangers, Paul Sewald comes in in the ninth to face the heart of the order, gets his fifth save of the season, twenty-eight percent rostered. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking here, Scott?
2: I'm thinking you should pick up Paul Sewald. Now, yeah. I mean, the way Scott Service has managed his bullpen all season, and certainly since Kendall Graveman was moved, ha. Uh, I don't have a ton of confidence Seawald's gonna get the next save chance, but I do think he's the most talented reliever in their bullpen. I don't think Diego Castillo is really in the saves mix because I think only one of his appearances since joining the Mariners uh, has been in the ninth inning. All have come earlier than that. So, you know, I I actually speculated in Tuesday's bullpen report, uh, a column I do semi regularly that Drew Steckenrider was looking like the frontrunner for saves, and he worked the seventh inning in this game. So, I can't say for sure who will get the next save. I think it's least likely going to be Diego Castillo, and at this point,
0: mm.
2: Seawald's looking... I mean, Seawald I want just for the ratios anyway, if it's a yeah. categories league. So, if he starts getting saves too, I mean... Yeah, that's, that's, that would be pretty exciting.
0: For Cleveland, James Karachuk was using the eighth inning... As usual. And Emmanuel Class A got his 17th save. For the Brewers, Josh Hader got his 24th. The Cubs, Cody Hoyer. Hoyer? Cody Hoyer. Why did I say it like that? Cody Hoyer. <laughs> Two-inning save. It was his first save of the season. Three different Chicago Cubs relievers have saved since Craig Kimbrell left. So,
2: it's kind I mean, of This game
0: snapped a 12-game
2: losing streak for the Cubs. Yep. <laughs> their last save came in their last win. So, you know, they don't have much left after trading everybody away. And I would be surprised if any Cubs reliever you picked up got more than three saves the rest of the way. I think you'd be pretty lucky to get that many from any Cubs reliever.
0: For the Giants, Jake McGee was unavailable. He's been used a lot recently. Harleen Garcia got the first two outs in the ninth inning. Then Dominic Leone came in for the final out. It was his first save of the season. Tyler Rogers was used in the eighth for the Diamondbacks. Tyler Clippard got his third save. He did give up a run. He's 15% roster. The Diamondbacks are a pretty bad team. (laughs) I'm not overly. Look, if you need saves in deeper leagues, sure. Go out and add Tyler Clippard. But Uh, the thing is like, they have no one else,
2: right? That's even worth considering for that role. So I, I'm more interested in Clippard than anybody in the Cubs bullpen or anyone in the Orioles' bullpen or the Royals' bullpen. But yeah, I mean, they're obviously scraping the bottom of the barrel at that
0: point. And the Dodgers are currently in the ninth inning. The Dodgers, they're up 4-2. to two. Kenley Jansen is in for the save. He just gave up a, a leadoff double to Yoshi Tsutsugo. We are probably not going to be around for the end of this game because it is taking forever. What a long game. Dodgers and Pirates there. Uh, to stream or not to stream, we'll start with Wednesday. Tyler McGill at the Giants Marco Gonzalez at the Rangers Mike Fultonevich versus the Mariners Ranger Suarez at the Diamondbacks and Jesus Lazardo versus the Braves
2: gonna go with Ranger Suarez at Arizona uh, very excited about him he 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 went past 80 pitches in his last start so hopefully he's ready to go f- at least five innings here with this great matchup uh, but Marco Gonzalez at Texas you know he just threw a complete game against them last time. So that's not bad either. And uh, if I had to pick a third, it would be Tyler McGill at San Francisco.
0: Yeah, I agree with that though. McGill, I don't feel as good about, obviously San Francisco. They're a pesky bunch for mm-hmm. Thursday. Patrick Sandoval at the Tigers, Dane Dunning versus the Mariners, Zach Thompson at the Reds, Michael Waka versus the Orioles, Mike Minor versus the Astros. Obviously we keep telling people to add Patrick Sandoval, but, I threw him in here because he's only 66% rostered. Oh my
2: gosh. Come on, guys. <laughs> I mean, he didn't help his cause last time. It yeah. was his stuff was down, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, but it was to this point an isolated incident. So at Detroit, I think that's a pretty easy play. Patrick Sandoval. Uh, not loving these others here. If I have to pick one. No, don't do it, um, Scott. Uh, I don't know what you think I'm going to do. Zach
0: Thompson? Whatever you're about to do, just don't do it. Just don't do it because they're all bad? Yeah, these are these are bad, man. So yeah. if you need one, okay. it's Patrick Sandoval. I mean, I guess super desperate, Zach Thompson, but and in Cincinnati, do not love that. We're going to wrap the air. For Scott, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Baseball Today. We'll be back again tomorrow. Bye-bye.